Hello guys, George Chipper here with another edition of the AFL Vault Podcast. We're going to be talking about Brisbane getting their first win, North keep on rolling, the most unexpected team in the AFL, Tasmanian footy, where's that going? China experiment, is it working? Uh, West Coast, the official real deal. And we're going to talk about some big news coming out of the States in this very small, compact episode with just myself. The Vault Studio Podcast starts right now. Hi, Vault Nation. Another episode of the Vault AFL podcast. I'm your host, as always, George Chipper Chipness, and unfortunately, there's no one in the studio with me. There's no one on the line with me tonight. Uh, the Dorf is um, a bit busy, and Prendo is a bit tired, so it's just going to be you, me, and a cup of coffee for the next 15, 20 minutes, talking all things football and all things round nine. Um, it, it was a tumultuous week. Of AFL football, a lot of upsets that have happened, and we're just going to recap through the official AFL ladder at the moment. Um, up the top seeds, West Coast outright with um, with eight wins, one loss. Then we got Richmond, and then uh, surprisingly Melbourne at third spot. You can only beat the teams that are brought up to you, and they've done exactly that. Adelaide with fourth, rounding off the top four, and then rounding off the top eight, Sydney, Port Adelaide, North, and Geelong. When we look at the bottom of the ladder, it's uh, it's looking pretty tight for a wooden spoon race. But Carlton are now on the bottom after that 100-plus point demolition at the MCG on Sunday. Brisbane fall off bottom spot and now takes second last. And lingering just outside the eight are Hawthorne and Collingwood. But it looks like a pretty substandard um, ladder. One that we almost expected with... Teams just shuffled around in different positions, uh, but it, it looks like the kind of the kind of teams that we were expecting pre-season, apart from one, and I'd have to go North Melbourne would be that one. Um, I did not expect them to be last on the ladder, but I did expect them to linger around the bottom. But what they've done this year has been extraordinary. The one step that has come up constantly, the one thing that I'm impressed impressed with, they are the team that has conceded the less points per game in the competition and I think it's around 70 so for them to go from a a counter-attacking team and concede a lot of goals and a lot of leaks down back to really shutting down the opposition is quite extraordinary and the change is is all giving credit to Brad Scott and his coaching staff five and four right now and they were actually expected to win five games for the entire season they won five games all last season so they've equaled that they're on the they're, they're in a beautiful beautiful position at the moment. They've got Frio at Optus Stadium in a real test Sunday late afternoon this weekend, and if they win that, um, then I should see, and I think we should all con- seriously consider them to be a real top eight contender. If you can beat a team like that interstate, then you definitely deserve the credit by the AFL world. But uh, we'll go from North Melbourne now. We're going to go straight into our first topic, and to me, that it's Brisbane. They finally got their first win. People talk about, oh, look, um, is this the best 0-8 team that you've ever seen, blah, blah, blah. I really hate when people say that. Um, but it, it's been a really impressive team that has just fallen very short um, a lot of times. And there's been a lot of times where they're putting teams to the sword and they just couldn't put them away due to their inexperience. But they finally got the job done against a Hawthorne team that's very experienced and, and knows how to win. 
and they came up. They won by almost 50 points over the weekend. It was very, very impressive. The final score, one, sorry, they uh, surpassed the 50 points. They won by 66, one to, sorry, 56, 129 to 73. It was an absolute belting at the end, and it was great to see the boys huddle around Luke Hodge, Matty Eagles, and about half the entire side getting in that circle. They actually had to bring people in to actually make up the circle for them to get inside, but it was a great victory from Brisbane. Congrats to them. They've got... Uh, it's, it's a great little uh, win for not only the club, but for the players, and they know and they feel that they can do more and they can produce more. They've got Sydney this Saturday at the Gabba at 4.35, and I'm telling you, it's no easy feat for, for Sydney. We do know how well they've been playing outside of Sydney this year, but Brisbane's really going to take them to the sword. A team that's free-flowing, possibly the the most attractive side in the AFL to watch at the moment against a team that has been notoriously known uh, to play the secondary stoppage brand of football, congested brand of football. It'll be great to see who will win that. Um, for me, Brisbane look like a team that is clinging on to the last hope of us playing some entertaining footy just this year. I assume it's going to come back, but after all these other teams have just gone down and has, have seen some unattractive games uh, very, very recently, Brisbane's actually come out, played the same brand over and over again. They're looking absolutely fantastic. So kudos to Brisbane. Um, well done to you and, her, and all the best for Sydney this weekend. And we're going to go to, uh, we're going to go back to north, but it's not quite north. It's it's, it's more Tasmania. Blundstone Arena, we saw 7,194 there at Blundstone Arena. And there has been a lot of people that have questioned if it is Tasmanian footy that's a shambles or if they just are over the fact that they're, they're being taken for a ride, but not only the AFL, but from the AFL world. And I believe that this is a reaction of of two things. A, it's they've got they they had GWS playing down there. I don't think there's a single GWS fan in that state that would have come watch this game, um, and they had to bring all their fans from in the state. But B, I think they they actually are just sick of it. Like they're not gonna. They've been told time and time again they're not gonna get a team. The um, North Melbourne and Hawthorne are gonna make up the supporters in Tasmania. Blundstone Arena is a position for North Melbourne and it is a secondary home ground to them and they're getting some good revenue there. But I think Tasmania is just sick of being a pawn and I kind of agree with that. So this 7,194 isn't a reflection of how passionate and how or unpassionate they are. I think it's just a reflection of them just over it all and they wish they had a local team to really support. But what can you do? Um... Hopefully that supportive group and that attendance figure keeps going up and up and up. Um, if it was North Melbourne Richmond at Blundstone Arena or North Melbourne Geelong or Hawthorne, I think we'd see a different crowd. But uh, I think the mixture of them two things, like I said, was a result of that. Um, now, we're going to go from all the way down to Tasmania to all the way up in China where uh, Gold Coast and Port Adelaide played out a game that um, wasn't really the most attractive game of football. Um, it's not surprising. There's been a lot of unattractive games this year. Port Adelaide ran away, 82-42 victors. Gold Coast, I think, have uh, declared that they are no longer going to play in China um, against Port Adelaide, and I think that open spot is available to Victorian clubs. There is one club I have in mind. I'll get that. I'll get. Um, I'll open that to you soon. But 10,689 at Shanghai. Um, 
when I first saw the TV, I did not think there were 5,689. And the uh, excuse was that you did not see most of the supporters. They were behind the, the, behind the cameras and they were behind closed doors watching the game through glass. I don't know a bit of an MCC thing going on there. I'm not sure. But even if it was that, they said it was going to be a sellout. The crowd, um, the, the the max attendance is around 11,000, 11 and a half. Um, so to get 10,689, a lot of empty seats was a bit concerning. Um, is the China experiment working? It's definitely working for Port Adelaide. I'm not sure if it's working for the AFL, but we've got to give it legs. It's much like the AFLW. It's much like the AFLX. Look, you can, you can hang on it all you want, but... We, we've got to wait until it has legs, but it's making money for Port Adelaide. They're finding a difference in, in, in getting some revenue. They have an, um, they've gone into an untapped source, which is China, the most populated city in the world. Um, according to a lot of reports that it was the most watched AFL game on TV in AFL, VFL, AFLW history. And um, it's just, uh, which is a very, very positive thing. And it's great that there's getting, we're getting a lot of recognition outside in China in a, in a major market over there. So well done to Port Adelaide. Well done for the win. Um, commiserations to Gold Coast. But I think the team that should go there and waste a home ground, a home game, is none other than Geelong. I think it's, um, it's a perfect marriage. I mean, Geelong have... Um, you'd think that rule of thumb they'd have about eight games at GNHBA Stadium per year as a as a true home game, and they've got to make up the other three at either Eddie had the MCG. Why not use? Oh, sorry, an, another. I think it's eleven, twelve. Yeah, three or four. If they want to use those, one of those three or four, and just take it to Shanghai rather than take it to Eddie had or take it to the MCG. Like they they. Don't play well at Etihad, so I, I think it might be um, an avenue for Geelong to look at to play a game in Shanghai and get a free ride for the, by the AFL. You get a bit of revenue, and and who knows? It's, it's not only good from a money perspective, but it's it's also good from a home ground perspective and being logical and smart. I mean, if you're not going to play a full 11 games at GMHBA... The remaining three home games that you have, just play them or play one of them in China and, and get some money, help pay off that stadium and the redevelopments and um, let's see where that goes. Uh, but the second last topic we will talk about is West Coast. Are they the real deal? Look, I think uh, I, I've been one to bully them a lot. I've been one to say, look, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced, but I'm a guy that is really liking what Melbourne's doing, considering that the, considering the opponents and what they've come up against, and they're just smashing teams, and they're doing well, and they're thin on the table. So if we want to be consistent, I'd have to say that West Coast is doing a very, very fine job as well. Um, they're 8-1. and one. They've just beaten the reigning premiers, albeit at home, but they smashed, absolutely smashed them. And um, it was great to see that. And it was great to see that there is a forward line that's functioning well with more than one key forward. So we've, we've gone from... The Western Bulldogs in 2016 and Richmond in 2017 that really had that real marquee key forward and sort of a decoy defensive forward and about four small pressure forwards around and goal-kicking forwards, medium sizes. And West Coast are truly playing with a full forward and a true centre-half forward, and that is Josh Kennedy and Jack Darling. And Jack Darling, to me, um, 
People consider him the best player in the game right now. I think he's second to Jackson McRae, but he's definitely up there. He's the second best player in the competition right now. He's playing unbelievable football. Um, this is a guy that uh, went down in the draft stocks because of some um, off-field issues and reasons. He got drafted by West Coast. It's taken him a while. Um, 2016 elimination final. I'll never forget that that little moment on the wing where he sort of uh, hesitated. And ever since then, we thought, when's the real Jack Darling going to stand up? Last year, he played well without playing great. But this year, he's really taken it up a notch. He's attacking the footy. He's playing real attacking, hungry key forward footy. And it's music to West Coast ears, to Adam Simpson's ears. And they were absolutely fantastic on the weekend. A real momentum swinging game, but at the end of the day, they got it done. You've got to thank the home crowd for that. They've also broken an attendance record, another attendance record at Optus Stadium against Richmond, which is fantastic, and it's a great stadium from a visual perspective. So, well done to West Coast. Well done to the um, the committee. Uh, sorry, not the committee. The council over there in Western Australia, who's just getting things done and and has given a new home ground for both West Coast and Frio. Um, past Patterson Stadium. But we're going to lead into our last topic of this very short podcast. And it's one that um, not many people are thinking about. And uh, it it has to do with the States. And um, a couple of weeks ago, sports gambling was officially made legal in most US states, including New Jersey. And um, people are thinking, just off the top of the surface, you might be thinking, why is George talking about this? And I'm thinking, well, here's the thing: we've been trying to tap into the Ameri- American resource and the American um, demographic, and and trying to sort of advertise the game in such a big market that is America. And I think this thing right here might be a blessing in disguise for the AFL. It might be the thing that advertises our game not only um, in a broad spectrum but at no cost i mean u.s sports gamblers sports gamblers around the world they love punting on everything and look we've got our own punting podcast right now that's doing very well but if you're just a punter and if you want to get into a mind of a punter they do love their sport and they do have sports that they're very particular with but they always find other sports to try and win some money and when you get the US now making gambling, sports gambling legal, Australian rules football is going to be on there as well as the NFL, the NHL, the MLB, you know, tennis, soccer, every sport you can think of, Australian rules football is going to be there. And Australian football is a competitive and it's a physical 360 open, unpredictable sport. The a lot of US punters might have a look at and go, I can make some money off this. And if there's a lot like that, that think like that, they'll analyze the game, they will watch the game. And that means that more people will watch the game, more people will watch different games throughout the season. There's going to be buzz that's going to pick up in the States about Australian rules football more than it is right now. I understand we've got the USAFL, we're going to have um, a very special guest um, on one of our Patreon episodes very, very soon that is heavily involved in the USAFL. But not only from a, that's a, from a participation level, but we're going to have a lot of people just watching it and, and studying the game and researching the game and taking a look and seeing what this sport is and, and having a punt on it. And it's 
yes, it stimulates their economy, but it also puts more eyes on the AFL and it puts more eyes on Australian rules football. People will get interested. People will sit down, get excited, punt on a game that starts, you know, whatever the time zones are. Well, let's say um, Saturday night game is Saturday morning for them. They, start, they wake up Saturday morning. They want to have a punt. They get on it. They look at the Australian rules football um, game coming up. They have a punt on it. They sit down and watch and they actually fall in love with it. And that's where I think that we um, have a duty to make the game more attractive. And I, I think now is a perfect opportunity for, for teams to play attacking brands of football and, and get the entertainment aspect up and about. Um, the game's in a bit of a slump at the moment, but the game's been in a lot of slumps. Like t- 2005 when Sydney won the flag, the, the flooding, like rolling malls, rolling rucks now is... is the theme in the AFL and there's just been a bit of a lack of uh, skill level, but that's fine. That's completely fine. The game will get better. And teams like Brisbane, teams that play that attacking brand of football um, that we've gone to to know and love about the game, even Richmond, their, their, their highly pressurized brand of football is so entertaining to watch and it's so physical. Adelaide play a great brand of football. If we can get it right and if the AFL can pick up on this, and get a Saturday night game with two marquee teams that play beautiful brands of football, say in 2019, there'll be a lot of punters on it in the States. They'll watch the game, they'll fall in love with it. And it might be like a little seed, I might be thinking a little too far ahead, but it's a great opportunity, and and that's all I'm saying. And and US sports gambling is now made legal. Um, Good for them. There's a a lot of people, a lot of podcasts in the States that I listen to that that are happy that this is happening. It's sort of like it was bound to happen, it was always going to happen, it was just a matter of time kind of situation, and now Australian rules football is going to be on the agenda for them, and on the agenda for punters, they're going to have a punt, they're going to watch our great game, and and hopefully we get a lot of supporters that are backing it, and there's going to be a lot of backlash to this opinion that I've made, because you know, gambling's bad, gambling's this bad, but a lot of things are bad, but we still manage to do it. It's all about doing it responsibly and in moderation. And I assume these people in the States are no different. And if you see it as an opportunity to increase the vision of the game and increase more people watching it, then it could be great for, for us. And uh, more the more revenue, the better for the AFL. We've got the AFLW coming in. We'd love to play it. We'd love to pay the players more. This could be another avenue to get some revenue and help pay these players and help pay the pathway system and put more money into that. So US gambling in sports is on. Australian rules football, the vision might be higher. Uh, but that is all the time I have by myself. Unfortunately, you've heard my voice for about 18 minutes. I apologize, everyone. Um, we're definitely going to have uh, the Dorf back next week, Prendo back next week. Well, I'm, I'm desperately trying to have Trav and Justin of such popular demand. I'm really trying to get them back because they have been absolute stars. Um, but a lot of things in the works. Guys, don't forget to subscribe and like our page on, uh, on Facebook and Twitter, The Vault Studio. Also, we've got a Patreon account, like I keep saying, for $5 a month. Sign up on Patreon. It's Patreon forward slash The Vault Studio, and you get a lot of additional content. Um, Adelaide's Josh Jenkins talked to the producer, James Arthur, about NFL uh, a few weeks ago. We're going to get, um, hopefully, uh, a, a really popular AFLW player to interview us. Like I said, I'm going to talk to someone in the USAFL. We're going to have a lot, a lot 
coming up soon and um, we'd really like you to be a part of it really be a part of the vault nation for a cup of coffee a month five dollars a month sign up get exclusive content you can also ask us what do you want us to talk about what do you want us to record is there any special podcast that you want us to talk about or is there any special podcast that um, you want to know um, you know from favorite movie favorite footy guernseys favorite world cup guernseys i Go for it. Ask us. Get on board. Be a part of us. Help us help you. Um, and also, we've got a little thing in the works. Uh, we may be introducing a World Cup podcast um, over the next uh, few weeks, uh, a couple of weeks leading up to the World Cup, which starts in about 20-something days and, and going through for a month. I love my soccer, so I want to be part of it. And um, it would be great to, to have... A, a World Cup podcast and hopefully I can give that to you guys as well. So stay tuned for that. There'll be a lot of information and a lot of updates on our social media. But that's all for now, guys. Stay tuned. Friday morning, the punt is back. Hopefully I've got JD back after that headache and we'll be giving you our tips. We'll be seeing how we did last week or how I did by myself last week. And um, we'll give you the, uh, the freshest hidden gems to uh, get your weekend off to a flyer. But for now... Um, I am George Chipper Chipness, and I'll see you on Friday. Take care, guys. I try so hard, but I think you don't see me because I'm moving so fast.